You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, christianhumanist.org. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat. The scientist, the writer, the artist is challenged. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world, the challenge must be taken up. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already announced? Welcome to the Sectarian Review Podcast. Join the conversation at Facebook and find out what we're up to at sectarianreviewpodcast.com. All right, I want to cut that one short today. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Sectarian Review Podcast. I should say Merry Christmas. This should drop right before Christmas uh, this year. And so uh, just in time for your holiday cheer, we're going to hopefully uh, destroy your enjoyment of some classic Christmas songs. This is uh, called Bad Christmas Songs is the name of this episode. And it kind of sprung out of a Facebook conversation that we had uh, on the Facebook page here recently. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. I do have a take care of a little bit more business uh, for the last time. Uh, this is the last time that of our little agreement. I want to direct you to, if you haven't tried it yet, to give a listen to the Life Together podcast. Uh, that's a, a, the podcast that the Bruder put on and it really is a, a great conversation every week they bring a really unique perspective and I'm reading off script this time uh, they they read uh, bring a really unique perspective to political issues of the day since they are at once kind of involved with the culture and yet not entirely of the culture. They have this really interesting kind of marginal perspective uh, that I think uh, brings a lot of wisdom and I, I enjoy uh, what they do every week. And so if you haven't uh, checked them out, they are on iTunes and, and SoundCloud and all the places that you find uh, podcasts. It's Peter Mumson, Bernard Hibbs, and Juliana Wright. Uh, they do a great job at the Life Together podcast. Uh, give them a shot if you haven't uh, had the chance to. Um, and I think they may be responsible for somehow my name and show ending up in Wikipedia, um, if, which is a bizarre turn of events here recently. Go to the Facebook page uh, for more updates on that. I don't understand how that happened. It was shocking to me, though. Um, uh, just wanted to uh, a mea culpa here. Uh, I realized this week that about six months ago, we did this fake uh, radio ad contest, and I totally forgot to follow up on that. Uh, we got some really great uh, contributions. Look for maybe in the new year, me actually uh, putting that contest together and letting you vote on the winner so they can get their coasters. Uh, my apologies to everybody who participated in that. I, I didn't mean to put it off this long. Uh, so uh, that is uh, coming up. Um, and speaking of audience participation, uh, I want to ask you, uh, listener, dear listener, beloved listener, to uh, submit to me uh, via either the Facebook page, which you can find on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, if that's your thing. Uh, it's easy to find or email the show at sectarianreview at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email me your predictions for 2017, I think that would be kind of a fun show. <laughs> or excuse me, 2018. 2017, that'd be pretty easy. Trump is president. Uh, you know, uh, the Russia now runs everything. Whatever. So, um, uh, but 2018 predictions is uh, what I'm looking for. So take a minute. Uh, they could be humorous. They could be serious, whatever. Uh, but uh, drop me a line and I'll read some of these on the show. I want to make the show more interactive. The last few times that we've had some interaction on the social media sites, it's been a lot of fun for me and I want to encourage more of it. So um, 
Um, bear that in mind uh, and look for a few new, another new twists here uh, in the new year. Um, I want to encourage you again to go to iTunes and leave a review and get things spread around on social media. That's what makes this thing kind of fun. So um, as I said, back to the show, um, bad Christmas songs. We all know them. We all love them. We all hate them. Uh, and so I want to uh, talk a little bit about one that uh, a Facebook conversation that we had here uh, recently. And of course, as I'm talking, I just deleted it. Give me one second as I scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, this conversation began, uh, this show, this, this conversation began on a Facebook page and, uh, I put a poll out there, which is the worst of these two songs. The first one is wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney and maybe wings. I'm not sure. Uh, it's basically him and his keyboard. And so, uh, and the other one was last Christmas, the dreadful wham song. And, uh, there was a poll and wham won that, uh, specific poll in a, like a quite a margin. Like this is like an Arkansas Republican senatorial race margin, uh, 59 to 41. Okay. Uh, so wham won this pretty, uh, pretty steadily. And so, um, we have some really interesting uh, comments, though, that I'll get through maybe as we go through the show. Uh, my good buddy from grad school uh, and beyond, Wells Addington, called Wonderful Christmas Time the worst Christmas song of all time, and it's not even close. A ba- as bad a cash-in as Jingle Bell Rock is, as perplexingly misguided as L- Little Drummer Boy is, as offensively mawkish as Christmas Shoes is, uh, wonderful Christmas time trumps all the laziest of lyrics, the most annoying of instrumentation, the mind numbingly terriblest of melodies. Paul McCartney hates Christmas and he hates all of us too. Uh, and so that was, uh, he captured basically my thoughts on that. And there are many more, uh, Mary, did you know, Isabel Iyer came up with that one. That is a, uh, that is one that we'll talk about. Baby, it's cold outside. Jeff Reed, uh, produced that one. And I disagreed with him a little bit. I think Todd and I might talk about that here in a little bit. And, uh, uh, Todd also gave us the hippopotamus song, wanting a hippopotamus for Christmas. Adam Sorber, frequent commenter on the social media. Anything by Spike Jones is, is bad. So go to that Facebook page, uh, that base Facebook thread and you'll find all kinds of really interesting stuff there. Um, but what this show today is about is, uh, this is like a mega panel that we have, including me, six of us here uh, in a virtual studio. And uh, so I'll kind of introduce you very briefly. You've seen, heard all of these folks on this show before. We got Jay Eldred going across the top of my screen. We got Todd Pedler. We got Carter Stepper. We got Jordan Poss. And we got Megan Von Bergen. How are y'all doing? Doing great. It's the Thunderdome. Who gets to go first? Go ahead. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be a fun one uh, and we don't want to take too long. This could be an epic uh, given the number of people involved. So I want to get right to business here. So um, just to get us started in conversation and anybody can follow this up uh, as they wish. I have personally come up with six uh whatever categories. Uh, this is supposed to be a fun episode, but it's also supposed to be a little intellectual. And so I have like six categories for what defines for me, uh, a bad Christmas song. One is sort of the musical ineptness of it. Right. Um, Wells's comment about a wonderful Christmas time is a, is a good example of that. When you have bad melodies, production values and performance, that's terrible. So this is uh this is one factor. Another hacky nostalgia. Um, making Christmas about happy memories of a time that never really existed, kind of like the Thomas Kincaid uh, version of Christmas here. 
anything along those lines uh, may put you on this list. Um, theological Armageddon. Um, we'll talk about that as we go here. Uh, the Mary, did you know debates uh, comes to mind here. Um, uh, crass emotional manipulation. Um, using the holidays aesthetics as a weapon for getting a cheap, uh, pathetic appeal to your listener. Uh, Christmas shoes, I think, will come up in this uh, in this class or in this class. <laughs> excuse me, in the show. Uh, the semester's over, and I just can't let it go. Um, and crass joke making. The grandma got run over by a reindeer variety, which I actually I don't hate that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Song. <laughs> I like that one. It makes that, me laugh. That song has yeah. a bit of cleverness to it that may save it. Which gives me I will, I will follow that. Sounds like up. she had it coming too. <laughs> grandma was yeah. She was she earned that uh, that night. So um, and uh, finally for me the perpetuation of capitalism's devouring of the sacred holiday. Uh, the chipmunk song, Santa Claus is coming to town. Lots of songs uh, kind of support this uh, s- uh, secularization and uh, capitalization of, uh, of a sacred holiday. So those for me are categories. Now, some of the songs that I uh, even gave as examples of there, I don't think are technically bad Christmas songs. So these are like elements of music for me that it's kind of, you think about it as a mixing board. If you have it mixed just right, a little bit of crass nostalgia or a little jokey, uh, jokiness is fine, right? It's like when it goes off, when it's over, when it's out of balance is what I'm thinking about here. So some of these songs, uh, there might be a song that's like extremely crass, uh, joke making, but still a good Christmas song. Right. And so, um, any thoughts on, on my categories, my typology of bad Christmas songs? I think that's good, and, and the the point about balance. Uh, something. This this is Jordan Poss, by the way. Uh, in, in case you couldn't tell from my hey earlier, uh, <laughs> my daughter loves the movie White Christmas mm. with Bing Crosby, and it occurred to me on the th- third or fourth time through that last week, uh, how completely devoid of the Christ aspect of Christmas the movie is. <laughs> it's all about just like snow and being with people, you know, and then tinsel and all, all that kind of stuff. But it's still, you know, and the, the song itself doesn't, if I can remember, makes no reference to the real like meaning of the holiday in the classical and religious sense, but it's a great song. It, you it, could also fault, you could also fault it for nostalgia probably, but it's, uh, it, it earns it in a way. I, I, I can't really explain it, but it is, it's a classic, even though it does violate a couple of those canons. Yes. I would um, totally agree, right? Uh, it's a place yeah. in which nostalgia and, you know, it becomes nothing but a family event doesn't make it, doesn't pull it into the area of a bad song, right? And so, yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's a, a delicate balance here that we have to sort of keep yeah. in mind. Um, the order we're going to be taking this is, uh, basically how we logged in on Skype. Uh, and so, uh, I will, uh, begin, I guess, real briefly. I've already sort of said that my, uh, least favorite Christmas song, I've said this for years, is the Paul McCartney Wonderful Christmas Time, uh, song. Wells covered it perfectly well for me. Uh, I read a, uh, <laughs> Some I can't even remember. I'll never find out. I remember never remember where I read this, but someone described it as a love song between a middle aged man and the Casio keyboard he got for Christmas. <laughs> 
think that pretty much covers it for me. It is the epitome of lazy um, music making. Uh, and it's shocking to me that it gets played, not only just played all the time, but remade. There's nothing to that yeah. song, but we keep remaking it. And I read a stat that that song every season makes four to $500,000 in royalties uh, for uh, somebody who's clearly making fun of us by recording it for us. So uh, to me, that is uh, the epitome of musical ineptness. It's also got the hacky, uh, the hacky nostalgia. It utterly rejects any sort of uh, spiritual meaning. So the- theological Armageddon doesn't come into play. Crass emotional manipulation. I don't know about that, but the, the, I think it is just one crass joke upon the uh, Christmas season, though. And uh, and it certainly be, it was written just for profit and therefore falls into the perpetuation of capitalism's devouring of the sacred holiday. So uh, for me, Wonderful Christmas Time is uh, is the worst of all the songs. Um, the order that I uh, have written down here um is Jay uh, puts Jay on the spot. And as we talk, if you guys have something to add to um, what Jay has to say, by all means do that. But Jay, take it away. Well, I have the honors of ranting against the song that won that poll on Facebook. So <laughs> let's talk about last Christmas. Um, I'm not quite sure what this song wants to be, but it is <laughs> not a Christmas song. It sounds like a revenge song that happened to come out in November. And so they decided to make it, a Christmas song. <laughs> the music is awful. Um, it's obviously playing on your emotions. And as you were listing off your criteria, it might not hit the nostalgia mark, but maybe it does because it wants Christmas to be like the songs. Mm. You know, something along those lines. And I, if I were writing a paper on it, and I'm not, but I would argue the capitalism side of it. Um, more like not necessarily capitalism, but the narcissistic idea behind behind it. You know, it's my heart. Why, why did you do that with my possessions anyway? No, that's a good that's way to put something. it. Yeah, the heart. Uh, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And I'm not going to play mm-hmm. any of these songs just to spare the audience. Uh, these are all terrible <laughs> earworms, you. right? And so um, uh, I gave you my heart, my actual like physical embodiment of my ability to love right uh, is nothing more than a sort of transaction right uh, and and it's a, a terrible way to conceive of love for one thing um, but also associating this shallow uh, approach to human relationships with Christmas is totally superfluous it has nothing to do with Christmas <laughs> yeah Anybody and then, go ahead no sorry no no go ahead I was going to say to pick it up from there this year to save me from tears. I'll give it to someone special. How naive Um, you gave it. You gave it to someone special last year. You know, do you really have the best judge of character? Whoever it is that's singing this song. Anyway. Yeah. And it gets remade. It's another one of those songs that gets remade um, Mm -hmm. like frequently. And it's one of the, I don't know. It's one of those American idol. It's like made for that kind of event, right? Uh, These sort of uh, staged, the shows off my voice kind of productions. And, and yeah, I think there's something about that song and I don't hate George Michael. Uh, I actually quite enjoy George Michael's music. Um, it's one of my guilty pleasures. And so, uh, but this song, uh, does not do me any favors. Anybody else have any, uh, any feelings about this, uh, this song? Mercifully, I, I actually don't think I could, name a lyric from this song <laughs> somehow it's escaped my 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 uh uh my hearing so and now i don't want to either all, all i can think <laughs> of is the is the 
chorus last Christmas. I gave you my heart the very next day, whatever you threw it away or something, <laughs> gave it away. Gave it away. Yeah. From tears, I'll give it to someone special. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Can we, yeah. can we just note the timing here? He, mm-hmm. like he, it implies that he met the person on Christmas, yeah. gave them his heart. And then the very next day they, they gave it away and, and he cries about it. And, and I have to wonder, <laughs> Well, because what, what is wrong with you? How <laughs> must be in order to for the sequence of events to play out over the course of two days? How much alcohol was involved? <laughs> and, and you have, uh, and you didn't get over this by Labor Day. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, why are we still talking about this? It's been a year ago. this? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what a wimp. Um, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Last Christmas was the winner, uh, in by significant margin. Um, I, and I don't know why other people hate it. I think you guys have, uh, have found, um, good reason that it fits right along with my thinking on the song though. So yeah, that is a, that is one that I could do without. Um, any last thoughts on last Christmas before well, we move on? If you read, if you go online and read through the lyrics, I wouldn't suggest listening to it. But if you read through the lyrics, I mean, it's obvious that even a year later, this person still isn't over them. <laughs> and it's like you still catch my eye, and if you kissed me again, then I then you'd fool me again. It's like you 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 you're singing to us that you learned your lesson, you're going to give your heart to someone special. But this person who hurt you a year ago, well, if you kissed me again, yeah, you'd fool me again, meaning I'm not the best judge of character. Yeah. Yep. So who who is this special guy you have now, and how do we know you've chosen any differently? Anyway, <laughs> I, I think Danny, I think you almost accidentally brought up a, a seventh aspect of these horrible songs, which oh. is the earworm factor. Oh my gosh! Yes, thank uh, you. All of all of the really bad ones are earworms, which makes them that much more heinous. Like speaking of my daughter again, she's old enough to kind of like really enjoy Christmas now, like on a conscious level. Mm-hmm. She's got a Christmas ornament that's got a hippo popping out of a a bag like a gift bag and it's got a button on it and it plays all but the last line of the first verse (laughs) which makes it that much more annoying that it doesn't resolve but every time she hits that button that song is in my head for the next day last christmas or the hippopotamus song Uh, the hippo song (laughs) oh okay yeah that that should yeah that'd be a really weird mismatch of ornament and uh sound effect but yeah the the earworm i don't i don't hate the hippo song but the earworm Hmm. part of it gets me every time I would love for a creative person to mash those two songs up into one, uh, like mix. So that would be, I kind of, they, those songs deserve each other, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's perfect. And you're right. Earworms is another problem. I actually have a, my a f- image on my desktop right now is, um, it's last Christmas. I gave you my heart. It's got a picture of, uh, the, uh, the guy from, uh, Last, uh, what, the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, <laughs> carrying the heart. <laughs> you shouted Kali Ma and it burst into flames. And so, like, you, just because of seeing that term last Christmas, the song is always in my head. Um, but yep. I, th- that, that meme is just hilarious. So, um, maybe I'll make that the actual cover art for the, <laughs> for the show. Um, because it kind well, of, as, as, as dangerous as hippos are, giving that person who dumped you a hippo would would be good revenge <laughs> for sure for sure so now now that we have seven items on our list are they now like the seven deadly sins of christmas songs <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you've that's you're definitely onto something. Um, there are at least seven deadly sins, but earwormery uh, is uh, definitely one of them. So <laughs> excellent choice, Jay. Uh, good analysis and uh, nice commentary. Any final thoughts on last Christmas? If not, we'll scoot it over. Um, my Skype screen, we were saying before the, we started recording, looks like the Brady Bunch uh, title credits. And so I'll go over two squares to Carter. Carter Stepper, you have um, a very contentious song to talk about here. I do, yeah. I mean, I wanted to talk about Jingle Bell Rock, too, because of how much I loathe that song. But I'll, I can just stick to Mary Did You Know if, um, if you prefer. <laughs> Mary, did you know? Um, Mary, did you know? Uh, so this song is interesting. And when I told my wife that I was going to be doing this, that's the first song that came to her mind. She's like, Mary, did you know? You have to talk about it. And I said, oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, so this song uh, represents the worst of Christian contemporary music. <laughs> And it fits right in there. It's uh, early 90s, I think. It was 91 was when this appeared. So um, uh, m- my sense of this is that it falls right in the middle of the the, the worst era of Christian sacred music um, <laughs> in the history of human civilization. So this song is interesting, right? It's, it's, it's a bunch of rhetorical questions opposed to Mary. Um, did you know that your baby boy would walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Um, did you know your baby boy would come to make us new, that the child that uh, you delivered will soon deliver you? And this song is, of course, like many Christmas songs, deeply sentimental um, and is trying to appeal to people's sentiment. Um, I would, I think it would fall under rule four, crass emotional manipulation Mm. to some degree. It's, it's trying to elicit an emotion that I don't feel it has earned. Um, and what I think the song is trying to do is humanize a relationship between Mary and Jesus, right? It's trying to make like that a more human relationship, uh, or, uh, and sort of connect with human beings on that level. Um, but I feel like it utterly fails to do that. Uh, because it's so stupid. <laughs> it's, it, it, the, the questions that are asked either are clearly something that she would have known, so uh, or they are just a stupid question. Um, so let me give you a couple examples here. First of all, it says, did you know that your baby boy would come to make you new, save our sons and daughters, deliver you, right? This falls under the category of questions that Mary most certainly would have known. <laughs> Mary was not stupid. Um, she was actually listening when the angel Gabriel spoke to her. So like in, in Luke chapter, what was it? Luke chapter one, he says, um, uh, this is chapter one, verse 31. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And I should mention that Jesus means the Lord shall deliver. So right there, it's kind of just right there. Um, (laughs) He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. So a lot of these questions, uh, you know, it's, it's the scene is Mary sitting there with the baby Jesus looking at him. And these questions are asking things that she 
clearly would have known because they were told to her at the time that she was like before she was going to conceive right so it, i understand the whole poetic license thing but this song is just really thin theologically it's 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 not even looking at the actual situation that mary was in then there's the questions that are just stupid but do you know that he's gonna you know um calm a storm with his hand and walk on water well of course not she doesn't see into the future she doesn't know specific <laughs> things he's gonna do why would she know and what difference does it make that she knows or didn't know um it, again i get what the song is trying to do trying to humanize him but um it, it seems to me that if you look at again luke and you look at the magnificat for example you look at what Mary herself actually says, or you look at passages from the scripture that actually show her interacting with Jesus, and you see the relationship there. Those are so much deeper and more profound um, and do humanize them, but also in a way that is earned and is um, relates to real human, you know, a real human situation. This just is just kind of cheap to me. Um, and uh, um, trying to make this superficial emotional appeal that i just don't get um so that's that's my shorthand uh, <laughs> analysis critique um i'm trying to restrain myself a little bit so may maybe someone else can 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 jump in here what do you guys got what do you have i mean i am an english professor <laughs> Uh, one thing that stands, uh, I do want to put this in the show notes. Um, uh, I think she listens to the show sometimes. Susanna Black uh, participated mm -hmm. in a, uh, a, a mere orthodoxy symposium. It's like a little convers like a conversation that they transcribed. Uh, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's called Mary, Did You Know? A Mere O Symposium. Um, uh, mere Orthodoxy uh, Symposium. It's Christian Young, Susanna Black, uh, John Coppage, and John S. Esconis. Uh, and, um, it's a it really, they do a good job of taking the song very seriously, Carter, uh, and like taking it point by point. And it's a, it's a really, uh, interesting elaboration on what you were saying. Yeah. I think that there's something, this is one of those songs that the kind of, uh, whatever theology Twitter, um, explodes at every, every year because of exactly the kind of thing you're pointing out. So, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this, uh, particular? Just trying too hard. Yeah. Just trying way mm -hmm. too hard and really, really failing to deliver. Yeah. Danny, you said this was a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jordan. No, I just oh. was, I was complimenting Carter on his pun. Um, <laughs> failing to deliver. Um, <laughs> child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. <laughs> Jordan? I'm bowing. You can't see me, but... <laughs> Well, Danny, you said this was a contentious option, so I will actually contend just a little bit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, maybe I'm exposing myself as a little bit of a sentimental boob, but this song actually works for me. Okay. Um, it, it, it's borderline. I'd still say it's like a second or even third tier Christmas song. Okay. But I'm, I, I kind of... I'm willing to forgive the kind of conceit of the song of this like endless series of rhetorical questions. Um it's sort of an apostrophe, even though those are usually to inanimate objects. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the two grounds that I'll defend it on are just that it's kind of a your mileage may vary thing and I get something out of it. And that's, you know, completely subjective. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to forgive the borderline stuff and the, especially the dumb stuff just for the one image of her kissing the face of God, which uh. just gets me every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like 
that's the one moment of genius in an otherwise okay song. I'll concede that's um, a good line. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm willing to overlook a lot for that one like little moment, and of course, a lot of it depends on the mm-hmm. performance too. There's some terrible yeah. versions of it out there. Um, I think the, that's the, why I hate it. There's yeah. some really good performances too. Um, we have a, a good music program at the institution where I work and uh, they do a very good performance of it. And so I have a, a bit of a soft spot uh, for it because I, you know, I, I listen to um, our students kind of kick this one out of the ballpark. I'm going to speak up for this song too, a little bit here. Um, Go ahead. I, uh, so I get where you're coming from, uh, Carter, in terms of the, you know, the stupid questions versus the question she absolutely didn't know the answer to. But I appreciate that it involves the whole of Christ's life in this Christmas story. Uh, um, so often when we talk about right. Jesus at Christmas time, it's his birth and his death and the intervening 33 years uh, don't mean anything at all. And and so I, I appreciate that, you know, we're looking at all of it and all of it is worth rejoicing about and getting excited about. Yeah, that actually, I, oh gosh, Rob's going to kill me. I can't remember if this was his <laughs> sermon or not. My, my pastor, <laughs> if you're listening, Rob, forgive me. I think this was your sermon though. Um, the, I never even, I'm dense, uh, you know, famously. And so, but I, I, it never occurred to me that the symbolism of him being placed in a manger, which is where the food for the sheep goes. Right. And so his, his sacrifice his uh, you know, is, mm-hmm implied in that symbolic act of him being uh, placed in the manger. And so, yeah, I think that you're right, that that's a a great um, redeeming uh, factor of this song. I mean, it may not even be the song's fault um, that it's been yanked into the realm of shtick, um, but the the song might be better than what people have done with it. (laughs) You know, I think there's more to it maybe than, 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 uh, than I you know, like to admit sometimes because that is a song that, that does wear on me too. But um, and, Megan has a great I'm point. To, I'm willing to concede. Yeah, I mean, I probably yeah, I probably should have stuck with Jingle Bell Rock. Um, no, no, no. Easy. Um, but the, yeah, I, I hear what you guys are saying, and I, and I, I'm definitely with you, Megan, on the idea that um, with this song we're trying to appeal to the whole of Christ's person. I think that's awesome. I, I absolutely do think we need to to uh, um, especially focus on the humanity of Christ and and in um the incarnation and in the uh, advent and christmas tide um uh, so i guess it, it, for me and and i get how it works for you too jordan i guess um just to respond again the, the reason I, ha- I i have problems with this song is not for what it's intending but for right. the quality with which it's done ah, yeah. um again i just don't feel like it earns the emotion it's trying to elicit um but i that might be my failure and my my cynicism and probably is but you know there I, you go <laughs> i would say that the dial on hacky nostalgia thomas kincaid hacky nostalgia is just up too high uh on, on this kincaid, one yeah yeah that's the name that comes yeah. to mind is I, I see i see the babbling brook with the uh, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> the glowing windows yeah yeah one one go ahead one Jordan. point well, I just one. I wanted to like eat, uh, build a little bit on what Megan said too, and one of the things, and this this is completely contextual. This is something I'm bringing to the song. The corners of Protestantism that I came out of uh, are so Maryphobic uh, mm-hmm. that just to get her involved, because you know Carter said to consider the Magnificat. Well, growing up, we didn't. You right. know, I mean, it yeah. was kind of. 
skipped right. over to get to the part where Jesus actually shows up. And to see um, evangelicals involve Mary even a little bit back into her own story, because, I mean, she's the one that, you know, brings us into this, in, into the life of the Savior, um, is something that I, at least I appreciate now. But but if I could if I could respond to that, um, my wife and I we're, we're Anglicans and we actually um, we're quite well. I'll just say that my wife actually has something of a devotion to Mary. We have a couple icons um, in our house that have Christ, the Christ Child, and Mary, and so um, we very much have an appreciation um, for for Mary and Marian devotion yeah. and those kinds of and appreciating Mary. Um, and I think that's actually coming from that perspective. That's why one of the reasons why I don't like. The, yeah, I can, I can see that too. Yeah. Right. It kind of, it almost um, what, is like what, a cheaper version of it. Right. It's like, it, I could see how I can see how it could be done so much better without having to go sort yeah. of full Roman Catholic or something. You could still right. do it so much better. Um, without, but again, I, but again, I'm coming from like super low yeah. church fundamentalism, you right, know, right, right, where it's sure. like, you know, any, anything that smacks of anything, even remotely like Mariolatry, you know, is just avoided <laughs> at all costs. You know, they take Jesus and Mary out of, out of the, uh, what, what do you call it? The flannel graph, you know, that, that <laughs> thing, uh, just to be, just to be safe. Um, so sure. again, this, That's this is, yeah. And this is something, like I said, that I'm kind of bringing to it. Yeah. Um, by, before we let this one go, um, my kind of criticism of it is also stylistic. I feel like just as uh, uh, Last Christmas is kind of designed to be sung on an American Idol stage um, because of that, that rhetorical situation, if, for lack of a better word, I feel like this song is designed to be sung during that kind of special music moment in <laughs> Protestant churches people singing karaoke to tapes mm-hmm. to, you know what i'm saying and uh, yeah. and, and i feel like there's I'm triggered danny you just triggered me but this that, is that was my first exposure to this song was a it, recorded music in in a uh, small church there's a, there's a particular like church special voice that this song is yeah. designed for uh that maybe is just you know my own kind of immaturity spiritually but it brings back all of these you know sort of negative um mm-hmm you know, memories of, of church, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, I think that this church to me, like kind of reeks of that, that, that rhetorical situation. So, um, well, and that, go ahead, Todd. That's, that's uh, so, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to offend, but the, the touch the face of God line, that that's the one that actually drives me the nuttiest <laughs> because it's so syrupy, saccharine, sweet. And, you know, I, you know, I, I tend to be one who, if I want to think about uh, Christ as God, I am thinking much more. I, I just, I need more behind it than this soft, sweet little statement about the face of God. It just, it, it, I, I see precious moments, angels there at that moment. <laughs> I mean, that, seriously, oh, I haven't I, thought I about those for years. Lion, I, I don't see the Lion of Judah. You know, um, <laughs> this is yeah. like Ricky Bobby territory. Like which Jesus? <laughs> 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 yeah. So I mean, I I can appreciate the reason, and I can appreciate why it it hits you in that way, and and but I, for whatever reason, this song has always felt just too too precious moments 
Yeah, it, it's the Thomas Kincaid of Christmas music, right? And so, yeah. Um, uh, any any uh, parting thoughts? That, that's good. That was we're not going to resolve this, are we? That was some good debate there, and that song is contentious because I mean there are yeah. you know I think yeah. so I think our conversation reflected that that was that's, awesome. That's, you should see what they, you should see what the Catholics say about it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> they, they hate this song. But for a completely for a theological reason, right? Exactly. He's, that I he's wouldn't agree you. with. So, right? yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they go into the whole assumption and you know perpetual, you know all that stuff. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I can't go there. <laughs> and again, this is not a hill I want to die on, but it, I, I did. I did want to push back just a little. Like, I don't hate this song. I don't love it, but I, I it does work on me at least some. Yeah, and you know, with all those caveats. <laughs> Well, I think, Jordan, you're going to talk about a song that we can all agree to hate. Uh, yes. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I, You were talking before the show about doing a deep read of a particular song, and I'm not going to do that because I would have to listen to it again. Um, so I'm, I'm coming into this having only heard snippets of it on the radio in like Hobby Lobby, uh, <laughs> which is a great combination, right? Uh, Christmas Shoes. Um, every time I hear the song... I think of one of the opening lines of um, Roger Ebert's review of Patch Adams, <laughs> in which it, which I read this in college, and it just stuck with me as the perfect metaphor for Christmas shoes. It doesn't; it's not just a tearjerker. It extracts tears individually by liposuction with no anesthesia. <laughs> it is. It 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 it, it is a skilled sadistic surgeon who knows exactly <laughs> what they want out of you you know they're going to get you where it hurts and i think the thing that makes me hate it the most is that it works like it like even when i hear those opening bars i start to tear up you know and 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 even though i know what the song is about to do what it's fixing to do to me and and mm, oh yeah i'm okay let me let me try to keep this family friendly so if, if there's anybody out there who blissfully like Todd has never heard this somehow, I mean, <laughs> with the, yeah, I mean, with, with the, uh, with the other song that you hadn't heard, uh, Christmas shoes is a ballad more or less that tells a story of, I guess, a clerk in a shoe store. Uh, no, it's a guy and, in line, uh, at the Kirk's in the clerk's okay. line. Yeah. Yeah. See, like I said, I'm not going to subject this to myself unnecessarily. Uh, it's, it's told by this guy who is, am I still on? Let me see. Yeah, you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it went really weirdly quiet. Uh, it, it's told by this guy who encounters this small boy on Christmas Eve, and he's buying a pair of women's shoes, and it's just kind of the story of why this little boy is buying these shoes, and talk about unearned sentiment. Um, it, it, you learn that, you know, oh gosh. Uh, so, you know, he's buying these shoes for his mama cause they're going to look good. And daddy says, there's not much time. He's got to get these shoes and get back to the hospital so that she can meet Jesus tonight. Looking good. Look, looking pretty, you know, <laughs> which when mm-hmm. I say it that way, when I say it that way, it sounds creepy. Uh, it's, <laughs> well, it's, you're saying it, it the it, way the song presents it though. Go ahead. It's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. In the sense of, you know, putting on your Sunday best, I guess. I don't know. It, it's, it is so mawkish and so saccharine and so cloying and so calculating uh i i i loathe it and and mm, i i thought i would be able to present this like soberly and coolly but i cannot um i think we want to dogpile this one who's who's next 
I think I think the real question, Jordan, is does it make you want to go buy a pair of shoes? <laughs> Need needing shoes doesn't make me want to buy shoes. <laughs> yeah, this this one um, I, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. But beware, this is quite vulgar. Uh, Patton Oswalt has a hilarious routine. Um, has Has mm-hmm. anybody seen this? Yes, um, it have. is really funny that someone's animated, and uh, it, it's really really a, a funny takedown of this. And and I think one of the things that he points out in his kind of very vulgar way is that there's like a theological like nightmare at the heart of this. Yes, that's why I hate it. <laughs> go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Well. What what is this idea that you've got to look good for Jesus? I'm sorry, that, but even that's wrong. I'm sorry, it is. Well, and, and in addition the, the to God that, the Bible did not care a flip what people wore. Okay, he didn't. Yeah, and he would probably tell the lady, "What are you doing with shoes? Sell that and give it to the poor, and <laughs> come yeah, to yes. me barefoot." <laughs> Um, I like I like weird weirdly I don't like I, I that never occurred to me I I kind of get it's like oh the little boy wants to buy his mama one last Christmas gift and like I get that and and that that's another like case of the songwriter like digging the knife in you know like this is this little boy's last chance to get his mama Christmas present before she dies <laughs> and, and, then, and then I start getting angry at the parents and I'm asking myself what were they teaching him yeah and why is Where's he shopping dad? alone why is he shopping alone on Christmas Eve like when his mom is dying yeah here? well and I've and I've been in deathbed situations you don't mm-hmm. leave no and run to yeah. the store especially with the kid by himself i well, and the the theological like issue for me like is so this god has ba- the this the narrator right the narrator has a bad attitude about being in line right yeah. and so god has basically given a woman cancer to teach yeah. him to be patient in, in store lines right okay so yeah. this is like merry a- christmas <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that's what made the guy a villain yes. in Guardians of the Galaxy too. <laughs> like that was the definition of what made him a villain. Is he gave. Yep. Uh, you should put a spoiler alert on that. But he gave um, Chris Pratt's mom cancer. Yes, that's Are totally the same person. That's totally true. Oh my gosh, you're right. And that's that weird, like, kind of. I'll, I'll just say, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know how widely this infects other Christians, but I've seen it a lot in evangelicalism. The idea that other people's problems are there for your benefit. Yeah. 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 You know, and yeah. that there's something really wrong with that. And this, this is like, in addition to the mawkishness and the, the saccharine quality and again, the calculated mawkishness there, there's that problem at the heart of it too, which just bugs the snot out of me. Yeah. To put it politely. Uh- yeah, it is a it is a really a, probably the most abominable <laughs> Christmas song I think yeah, that I've heard. It is it is loathsome. Yeah, I mean even like uh, the one I chose, you know, uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time" is is bad on kind of artistic merits, right? This one is like insulting both intellectually, artistically, and theologically. This is I think and "Wonderful Christmas Time" is trying to lift people, yes, like yes. you know, lift his bank account. Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah. This one doesn't even succeed at what it's trying to do. I went back to look at the lyrics of Christmas Shoes today, and I noticed uh, that it says, Oh, God had sent that little boy to remind me just what Christmas is all about. And then it moves to the little boy's, um, you know, line, I want to buy these shoes for my mama. 
and it never says what Christmas is all about. Like, so if, if, so if, if you were writing that in my English composition class, I would tell you to rewrite it and get rid of the question word because you are not being clear. So unless they really meant he reminded them him what Christmas is all about. It's about spending money. That's right. Yeah. Is this supposed to make the, the narrator feel good? Is that what this – I mean, yeah. is this song supposed to make him feel good about, about helping this little kid? And that's yeah. – I mean, that's yeah. pretty self-serving. Never gets Holy rid cow. of the question work. Well, what is Christmas all about? Mm-hmm. Right. You tell me. You wrote the song. And, Sorry. And doesn't the narrator <laughs> even say, uh, like, I saw Jesus that day and that little boy. Like, the little boy is Jesus, basically. To it's Yeah. Yeah, how oh, does yeah. that work? Yeah, this is, yeah. It is a very disturbing <laughs> Christmas it's, song. It's, the, the, all the thought that was put into it was how to make people cry. Yes. Not, not. Not about the deeper implications of anything. Is it's, it's strictly calculated. It's 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 like those uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah, that are just like mm-hmm. a like yeah. a, a like a, a bingo card. You know that you just line up a certain number of elements and it makes people feel warm and fuzzy. Yes, um, I would like. I would like to point out at this point that there is a Christmas shoes movie starring none yes. other than Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. Okay. So, and it was it was Hallmark. It was it, it's along those lines. If it wasn't Hallmark, it's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So there you go. Now you know what to watch tonight. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's that's those movies are so paint by numbers. It's like slicked back hair, son of rich guy who now runs family business that's going to run small town business out of small town, ruining town meets weirdly attractive shopkeeper and you know and, and, yeah um Net- netflix is trying to horn in on that now did y'all see that yeah yeah oh yeah uh, my wife yeah. watches all these and yeah i've, I've seen yeah. quite a few now. Uh, last time we were last time we were <laughs> last time we were home my wife and my mom watched the christmas prince and <laughs> yes. yep, that's i haven't yeah. watched it i've avoided yeah. it and by good i mean terrible yeah yeah my wife i i was picking apart its depiction of any kind of monarchy anywhere while we were watching it and <laughs> Eventually, Sarah was like, shut up. And even she was watching it, ironically. <laughs> but uh, did you see Netflix on Twitter called out? They, they, apparently, they've been tracking like 57 people somewhere who have watched Christmas Prince daily. <laughs> came out. They're like, oh, my. <laughs> They're even, this is too much for us even. Stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how civilizations die, my friends. Yeah. I have to say that is a, a tradition when we visit my parents. And for me, it's actually welcome because it's way better than Fox News. And so this is, uh, 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 although it's really not that different. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we better move on. Uh, great conversation, guys. Uh, Megan, uh, now we're going to shift gears here. We're going to an actual like hymn sort of thing you want to talk about. Megan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to uh, complain a little bit about Away in a Manger, which somehow my church always ends up singing every year. And I'm like, why are we still singing this? Um, So I want to admit right at the outside that um, Away in a Manger is written to a lullaby tune. And I think that um, for children, it it can be lovely and good and have a place in uh, Christmas songs. It acknowledges Jesus's love. For children, it emphasizes that, you know, uh, Jesus is with them, uh, staying by them, um, protecting them. Good message. Nice to sing to your kid. Megan's um, so reasonable. Like, uh, but go ahead. You're so kind. But go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, it's reading Gerald's graph in grad school. Um, I agree with this and I disagree with that. In any case, um, 
it's it's just another treacly hymn. Um, <laughs> it's just dripping in sentiment. The the little Lord Jesus who is lying beautifully in the hay and not even crying is a stained glass manger scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on a more serious and it was I did a little bit of research into this um, this morning. And it was published in 1885, and so I think it's uh, partaking of that Victorian love for treacly stuff, mm. um, and is probably is straight out of the Victorian period there. But what really bothers me is uh, the reductive quality and uh, the bad theology. So the reductive quality in that throughout the entire hymn, uh, Jesus remains little he's in a bed of hay he's looking down from the sky it's making him small remote uh, a manger scene figure that is not going to be interrupting or engaging with our everyday lives he's diminutive it's reminding me a little bit of um it's uh narnia the horse and his boy Uh. uh aslan is not a tame lion and i feel like this hymn is trying to to tame jesus but there's always also bad theology uh, here, and this has bothered me as long as I've been paying attention to theology, because it's that it's that third stanza where the the child singing the, who is presumably singing the song prays that Jesus will bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us uh, for heaven to live with thee there. And what that does is it turns Jesus from a savior and redeemer of our sins into a moral coach mm. who's going to make us uh, better people, like a, like a life coach for our souls. Um and I have a problem with that because <laughs> that's not what Christmas is about. <laughs> that is also very Victorian. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, that song is like it is so lovely, right? That's one of those things that musically it's it's got this kind of uh, lullaby sort of uh, vibe to it, and and therefore it's very singable in church. And and I mean, it's one of those things that. You have to think about why it's uh, why it's not right. Why, what you have to think about what's wrong with it. Let's just say, uh, and therefore it, it kind of gli- it slides right under the radar. It, it becomes you know part of canon. Um, yeah, that and it's really important, I think, Megan, that you brought in a hymn to this uh, discussion because uh, <laughs> I mean it's very easy just to sort of make fun of popular songs, uh, but uh, but hymns are probably even more insidious uh, <laughs> if they're if they're done uh, incorrectly. Um, and yeah. we should we should hold them to a higher standard uh you know this is our faith tradition we should talk about it correctly yeah for sure other thoughts on away in a manger well i've yeah. got problem go ahead go ahead Jay. Go okay ahead. i've got problems with the last verse but for slightly different reasons and i think it has to do with uh difference in translation okay i grew up singing not fit us for heaven but take us to heaven ah. so you've got a group of oh, children singing You've got a group of children singing Take Us to Heaven, which sounds at, I don't know, to me now it sounds like some sort of morbid death cult. But, <laughs> what was the but, Hail Bop Comet people? That would have been Victorian too. Correct. <laughs> but I, I just haven't, you know, with that translation, I have not been able to wrap my mind around what's supposed to be going on there. There's a great old uh, terrible country song called Drop Kick Me Jesus Through the dro- Through the Goalposts <laughs> of Life, right? <laughs> so, that's, uh, 
Um, uh, Carter, you were going to say something too. Yeah, oh, oh, two things. One is that it, it just overall, it's so sanitary. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate how sanitary it is, given what the story actually is. Um, the story is so gritty and real and dangerous. And this is just like, you know, this is the church nativity scene, which is terribly reductive and, you know, like, Trachley, is that what you, uh, Megan said? That's the word she used? I, I like that. Trachley, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the other thing is where it says no crying he makes. Yeah. That has always mm-hmm. bugged me. Yes. Like, okay. Okay, I've got a couple kids here. Yeah. Um, I'm all for this whole we're sinners thing. But that's that line seems to imply to me that that cry a baby crying is somehow a bad thing, and right. therefore Jesus wouldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, no, that's just how babies communicate. And frankly, <laughs> a birth is very painful for everybody involved, so including the baby. So so if a baby's crying on the other side of it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, there's, it's not sinful that the baby wakes up. Um, Especially for the reason a cow has just mooed in its face. <laughs> I, mean, have you ever, yeah. I, grew up, I grew up on a dairy. I grew up right near a dairy farm. Like, have you ever been next to a cow? They're oh, loud. There are other things they could do that would be problematic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of, I mean, it mean it is an explicit, but it's borderline heretical in the way it, it depicts Jesus's humanity. It kind of. Oh, it just, oh, definitely. So to follow up on that, Carter, um, like I was, like I said, I did a little bit of research on this and I wound up on the UMC website uh, today and they were, you know, said, okay, yeah, here's when it was published, here's who wrote it, etc. And then they pointed to that line about crying and uh, like you um, had a problem with it. They identified it as uh, essentially Gnostic with Christ's quote, divinity overshadowing his humanity. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. he's, he's mm. God to the point where he's not really a full human being anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I complicate that a little? Oh. Just just, just a little? Um, you, you, no, you can problematize it, though. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, so to be, to, to be most charitable with this, maybe, but, but I still have a major problem with this, right, um, that Carter already alluded to. Um, maybe it's just a moment. It's a snapshot. It's one moment in time when the baby Jesus is at peace. And surely there were times when he was actually asleep, right? Quietly. But the problem is it overemphasizes that and makes that what it's all about. And, you know, sorry, you know, he (laughs) suffered with the rest of us in this broken world from the moment he was born. Yeah. And so the fact that he might be asleep peacefully for just a little while, you know, fine, whatever. I don't care. But but again, I you know, I, I see precious moments again. I see a cuddly little blanket and a little bunny toy with little <laughs> Jesus laying there sweetly. Crap. So crap. <laughs> I'm right, sorry. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, Todd. So I guess I, I agree with you, and and I I I, I try to rec- I try to read it that way too. Like, okay, so they're just being descriptive here, mm-hmm. but I, but they contrast it with the fact that the poor baby wakes, but then doesn't cry. So like, mm-hmm. they're talking about it as if there's this assumption: oh, a normal baby would cry, but this yeah. is baby Jesus, so he's not going to. <laughs> and that I, so so I get what you're saying, and I think that's probably the most you're like you said the most charitable way to read it. It's just like you said, it's just crap all around. It's, it's not the way I. <laughs> I typically read it, by the way. Okay. So I typically read it along with you. I mean, I think I, I, I think there is a problem there, and I think parents parents have used this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sit still, don't squirm. 
Oh yeah, I've <laughs> I've heard people say that babies cry because of sin, and I'm like, mm, no, no, they're just babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so this one clearly, uh, there's theological Armageddon uh, going on uh, w- with this one here, in addition to hacky nostalgia uh, and and uh, whatever saccharine aesthetic. So um, great, great reading, Megan. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for bringing a th- a him into this as well, too. That was great. Now, Todd gets to go. And Todd is because we had some trouble connecting on Skype. Um, we were a little late and Todd was able to actually join us right at the last second. So, Todad, um, right. I don't know what you're going to talk about yet. Uh, so uh, but you made it. Uh, you made I've it got, in the gate. Yeah, I've got no, I've got all kinds of going through my head. So, I mean, the first one that that actually does come to mind, and I I think we need to talk about the others that that we already uh, beforehand we were talking about. Um, This one may be a problem because I'm sure that I'm the only one in this group who was actually around to hear the first performance of this. But do you know the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Band yeah. aid. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 1984. <laughs> this has got to be the most. It's, it's awful. Awful yeah, it's song. Terrible. Okay. So, <laughs> and just um, before you get into it, the, I actually just took my family to see Daddy's Home Two, uh, and this huh. is uh, a. a spoiler alert. This is sort of a uh, a centerpiece of that of rather mediocre, you know, uh, Will Ferrell comedy, but go ahead. Oh my gosh. So, so again, uh, this song was written, um, in response to the Ethiopian famine in the middle, uh, you know, early to middle 1980s. Uh, I believe it's 1984 or 1983. I don't remember when, no, it must be 1984 was Band-Aid because Band-Aid 30 was not, was 2014. So in which they rewrote some of the lyrics to this song. But it is, it's one of the most patronizing <laughs> things I have ever heard. Um, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're singing. I, I could almost, I, I could read the lyrics because there aren't too many of them. But I, uh, but, but there are a few of them that really, really irk me. Yeah. Bono's um, lyric is particularly bad, right? And so, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, so, um, well, we want to zero in on that one. I mean, well, yeah, take your <laughs> no, pick, but, but yeah, you know, do 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 they know it's Christmas? Good grief, people! I mean, come on, though the, the Christians they probably know it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Ethiopia um, has been Christian yeah. for like a long, long, long time. Yeah, since since yeah. Christianity, Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So you know, there's that. That that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, silly factual que- problems. There won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Crap. All right. There, there. No Kilimanjaro. Kidding. Kilimanjaro. Just yep. look at the top. You know, it's uh, Hemingway wrote about it. Yep. Um, where nothing ever grows, nor rain, nor rivers flow. Okay. All right. I understand Ethiopia was in a wet, bad way. It's Mordor. <laughs> but, but please. Um, but all, of, but 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 the worst of them, the worst of them is this is this line, and the Christmas bells that ring there there are the clanging chimes of doom. Well, tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I never noticed that one before. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! This is heresy on the steps of the temple. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so awful. I mean, I cannot imagine. And this is supposed to raise money for the famine relief, right? Yeah. 
what are they going to think of this song when they hear you know, the Ethiopian Christians who've been Christians for seven generations? They're going to hear this song. What are they going to think? These patronizing Americans doing what they always do. Well, these are I British. I, these are British and Irish. Oh, <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, <laughs> Nevertheless. Well, yeah. So they're colonizing us again. Right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I so th- that one just really sticks in the pit of my yeah. gut. I mean, I I can I cannot say anything good about this except for the fact that maybe they raised a few dollars for for famine relief. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, Todd, whereas Todd hadn't heard some of the other songs, I very rarely hear this song. But with that this Christmas <laughs> cycle, I heard it more than a few times, mm-hmm. and I heard that line. Thank God it's them instead of being like, "What are you trying to preach?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, always took that like, as like. I, I imagine. Like, I imagine Joel Osteen saying, "Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> you are successful." <laughs> I always took that line as like, a, like a passive aggressive like provocation, like you know, they're, they're like ironically trying to guilt trip people into realizing how lucky they are. But I think right. it falls flat on its face. It's it is so terrible and so like miscalculated. Oh yeah. Well, oh, it's awful. It, it's so. the height of you know, oh my gosh, like. 80s celebrity liberalism hubris yeah. you know yep. um mm-hmm. bob geldof and, and his <laughs> ego you know i mean boomtown rats are awesome right you know but um <laughs> but this song is not right and uh, yeah there's a limit to what you can do to save the world and, and yeah and it is really a, a super patronizing song so this one like theologically is a nightmare right but it's also offensive to like any kind of like human <laughs> Uh, like just secular human perspective on the world as well. Uh, it's extremely like racist and, 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 and condescending in its own way for sure. Yeah. That, that song is, I'm glad you brought it up because it is a total nightmare of a song. Uh, and probably every bit as bad, bad as Christmas shoes, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. It's a glo- it's a globalized version of Christmas shoes. Yes. <laughs> well, and it, it, I mean, it goes, it goes beyond all of this stuff, you know, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it falls prey to the single story thing too. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Africa, you know, all, all of Africa, mm. right? Mm-hmm. No, this is a, actually a relatively limited famine. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> we were there for a long time trying to give whatever we, well, we didn't really do a very good job yeah. <laughs> of it. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I it, it just, it, I, it came out when I was 14, so I, 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 I just I remember it at the time. I, I have not heard it yet this year, which is I have I guess, perhaps surprising, but <laughs> I have in the movie. It's John Cena's yeah. favorite song in the movie. So, um, so. Yeah, that's a great combination of things. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this one? Go ahead, Megan. Well, to build off what Todd was saying, you know what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, and I was not familiar with it before today. I've been uh, looking it up and reading the lyrics here on my phone. Um, but our discussion reminds me a little bit about some of the concerns that have been raised about things like uh, the Samaritan's Purse uh, shoeboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where um, American Christians get to picture themselves as somehow um, saving. Christmas for uh, these people in other parts of the world by giving them stuff. And it's often a chance for us to feel, you know, good about ourselves and grateful for the stuff that we do have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, excused. Maybe Christmas boxes, like, <laughs> 
20 years earlier, 10 years earlier, whatever. And excused for having that stuff because we're, you know, generous with it. Right. You know, with these leftover broken things that, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, Megan. That's really, (laughs) that's a really great analogy that to uh, the the role that that plays socially. Um, Jay, it looks like you're going to say something. Uh, Oh, no. No. Okay. He he had his mouth open. He's um, he's just a mouth breather. (laughs) Just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, um, uh, that is a, a great rundown of uh, some truly terrible songs. Five truly terrible songs and excellent commentary on them. I think you guys, uh, you know, earned your keep today. This was awesome. <laughs> One uh, kind of new, I guess I want to do segments in, in the new year. And so I think this is a good show to start that with. And so I, I'd asked everybody if you could to come up with a recommendation for a good song, a good Christmas song uh, that you uh, you could recommend. Uh, I'd love to hear those. And and I don't know if we want to take the same order that we uh, we took uh, in delivering the bad news uh, to deliver the good news. Let me start. My num- one I think that is great. Now, you have to pick the right version of it, though, is uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, I think the, the Meet Me in St. Louis version of that song is, is really lovely and, and brilliant. Um, now, Frank Sinatra recorded a version of it and had him switch <laughs> some, uh, some lyrics because he wanted a happier song. Uh, I think what, what's so beautiful about this song, not just, mu- I mean, Judy Garland singing is beautiful, right? And so that's, that's going to be great. Um, but the lyrics are very poignant and sad on Christmas, right? Um, and I think it's a really interesting, uh, oh, sort of, uh, conscientious objection to the nostalgia that so often dominates Christmas, right? And so this is sort of a darker side of that. And look, so one particular lyric that he had, that Frank Sinatra had changed was, um, <clears throat> um, uh, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow, right? Uh, is this kind of like, we are not anywhere close to achieving Christmas peace, right? But, we have hope for it in the future. Right. And so he had it changed to that's hang a shining star upon the highest bow. That's the, so if you hear this version of it, um, the, the happier, cheerier version, it's not the version I'm talking about. I think the, the kind of darker, more depressing version of it is at once beautiful and actually really kind of uh, like sad. And I, and I, I just think it's a great, uh, a great little Christmas song and just a, a beautiful melody. And so for me, that's a, a Christmas song. If you get the right version of it, that is uh, kind of awesome. And in addition, there was an original version of that song that they didn't record because it was even like bleaker. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> let's all go get our teeth kicked in and someone's going to uh, steal all our food. And, and, you know, and it's like, it's really, really bleak. And so they, uh, the version that's in meet me in St. Louis is actually um much more um, cheery than that one even. But go on YouTube and watch the clip of Judy Garland singing that to the little sister, I think it is, um, because they're moving to New York from St. Louis. And uh, and and it's very sad and beautiful. So um, that's that's my recommendation. Um, Jay. Well, many of the songs we've talked about today, we talked about how they made little of Christ. So one that I think would remedy that would be um, let all mortal flesh keep silence. Okay. I'm not sure how familiar any of you would be with that. It is an older Gregorian chant in the mid 1880s, early 1900s. They set it to more modern, modern music. So you don't have to listen to a Gregorian chant if that's not your thing. <laughs> but it is, 
it's well worth looking up on YouTube or what, or somewhere like that. I haven't heard it on Spotify or anything like that this year. So you'll probably have to go looking for it. Um, and I will do that. I'm going to put links to all these in the show notes. And so I'll try to, I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it somewhere. Um, so that, that's great. Thank you. And is this in English? Yes. Okay. It is in English. <laughs> you German guys. I don't know sometimes. So, um, uh, but that's excellent. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Carter. Uh, well, Jay just stole my first choice. <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I I only gave that one because I know what Jordan's first choice is, which is also my first choice. So I went to my well, second. And Jay got here first. Got a second so. choice, so I might be able to steal his. Um, yeah, if I could just real quick plug "Little Mortal Flesh Keep Silence." That is a fantastic hymn. I didn't even know it existed until my wife and I became we started going to an Anglican church and we sang it during Advent, and it is. Um, it's somber, but also rejoicing and just beautiful. Um, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful hymn. Um, it goes, I think it dates the originally back to like the sixth century. So this is an old, old hymn. It's in the one of the oldest liturgies. So it's it's really cool um, and commend it. Uh, my second choice, which I will talk about here in a second, is uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great Christmas hymn, great Christmas carol. Um, it's very English. I mean, you read it and it's um, the, the lyrics just scream sort of, yeah, um, Englishy culture, I guess. But um, but the lyrics are, I, I think, are good. I think theologically they're they're good. I think they they tie in deity and humanity of Christ, um, and they're very much trying to. Um, it, it's kind of bouncy in a way that I don't necessarily care for, but, but, but the way it just works, I think it just works as a celebratory Christmas song. So, um, God rest you, Mary gentlemen, I think is a great Christmas hymn. Um, especially when you need something that's a little more upbeat, um, a little more flesh keep science is a bit somber. So I think, um, God rest you is a great, um, bouncier tune. Um, that's, uh, really could be really beneficial to sing as well. So that's mine. Excellent. And another hymn that is, uh, that is not away in a manger. Um, very, very good. Um, who do we have next? Jordan Christmas shoes, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, yeah, I I hate to have spent an hour harshing on all these, because there are terrible, terrible Christmas songs out there, but Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love Christmas music, which is probably why I hate the bad songs so much because it's like, there's no (laughs) in between. Um, no, my, my two favorites are both German, uh, silent night. Everybody knows, um, that, that, you know, famously that was kind of behind the Christmas truce in World War One. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a song sides new. Uh, I always recommend that one and there's lots and lots of good versions of it out there. Uh, listen to it in the original German, even if you don't speak it. Mm-hmm. Uh, German is a beautiful musical language, uh, for singing. I second that. Yeah. So, uh, the King singers have a really great version of it on YouTube. Uh, definitely look that up. The one I'm going to recommend though is another, I'm going to go medieval again, late medieval. And that's uh, Lohau Rosair Blooming, uh, Um That one <clears throat> is just flat out beautiful. Uh, it's also written in a slightly older musical style, even when it was harmonized in a slightly more modern setting. It, it, it changes. Um, I don't have the musical vocabulary quite down enough to, 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 to speak about this educatedly. It, it changes, I think, um, uh, time signatures. Uh, line by line, which is which is really odd for for modern ears, but it makes you really kind of pause over the words. Uh, it brings in scripture, uh, the second verse, at least in in German and some of the newer English translations, uh, brings in Isaiah's prophecies, um, mm-hmm. 
uh, so so it really presents both a beautiful literary picture of the incarnation uh, and it ties it back to that older tradition and also some of what is what his life is going to portend, which is a lot to pack into a a song that doesn't it, it is not as uh, explicit about the life of Christ as like Mary, did you know? Uh, but it's much, much more poetic and much, much better at what it sets out to do. Um, there's also, and again, even if you don't speak German, listen to it in German sometime. It's it's just a gorgeous song. Lo, how a rose, what? Air blooming. Ah, okay. Um, very good. Very good. Um, I knew you guys were going to bring the, the high culture here. So good. Um, Megan. Oh, and, oh, whoop, and sorry. there are. It was so popular at the time of the Reformation that the Protestants tweaked it. So there's actually two versions okay. out there uh, <laughs> where the rose is either Mary or Jesus. So you got your pick. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that darn Reformation. Um, here we go. Okay. <laughs> well, it's increasing the variety of options. For us, so that's that's true. Oh, Megan, go ahead. I am also going medieval with my recommendation. Um, I have really enjoyed, I've always enjoyed it, but um, this year in particular, um, it's kind of stuck with me and been very uh, meaningful, is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I, I, I was almost going to go with that one, too. Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for coming in the back like door, the, Todd. Uh, oh. podcast version of those um <laughs> Secret Santas, or, or you know, <laughs> where where you can steal people's yeah. gifts. <laughs> um, what really strikes me about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is I love the imagery of humankind is uh, broken and uh, trapped in the kingdom of this world and. They're seeing the dawn of a new kingdom and of freedom beyond uh, the suffering that they experience here. And um, and yeah, I, I really like like that imagery. Um, if you, it actually has seven verses. Mm. This isn't something that I realized <clears throat> until recently when I played it for uh, my students. But if you go on and you read some of the other verses, the song really insists that, you know, we look upon uh, this world as temporary and we look to and Jesus for comfort and satisfaction and peace. And it prays that Jesus will bring us peace. Um, and I think that, you know, this prayer for, for peace through Christ is at the heart of, of Christmas. That's a, a sacred version of have yourself a merry little Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> um, I was going to say it answers that question in Christmas shoes. You know what Christmas is all about? Well, this one actually provides an answer. So. <laughs> True. And and as Megan was talking, it occurred to me, I mean, a, a common theme I think here is a desire for Christmas music to have some weight to it, right? And mm-hmm. that weight um, is not all like happy – Thomas Kincaid nostalgia, right? And so, yeah, this is uh, these are great recommendations. And and if you guys have a particular version you want me to put in the show notes, uh, send send it to me, and I'll put those versions in the show mm-hmm. notes. So, um, and Todd, uh, yeah, backdoor <laughs> Santa. Here we go. That's okay. That's, okay. that's so, a bad Christmas song too, by the way. <laughs> a lot right up there with ACDC's Mistress for Christmas, right? Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
so so um, I guess I am also going ancient here. Um, so, but I but I need to echo O Come O Come Emmanuel. It's always been my favorite. Um, I have sung it in a cappella quartet. Uh, it is just a, a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, but also Gaudete. Yes. I don't know if you know this Gaudete Gaudete Christus et Nas. Es oh Natus. yeah. Yes. Um, Medieval Babes is the version I would send you to. Um, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous hymn, and it is it is not without weight. Um, very, I, I think, appropriately, um, uh, you know, appropriate to the time, uh, appropriate to what we're celebrating, and um, I love it. Absolutely love it. Excellent. I've never heard of that. I don't even know how to spell it. G a u d e t e. Okay. Oh, I was almost there. Um, uh huh. Interestingly, that's like a that's like a school song at the school I teach at. So my daughter, in, uh, who's uh, a kindergartner, she can actually sing that chorus. Awesome. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is I very actually, cool. I actually used some of the English lyrics for the marquee outside our school. Mm. And I had someone say, "Well, that's a really neat line. Where'd you come up with that?" I said, "Well, I didn't." And then I got to teach them something. Right. Right. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, thank you all so much uh, for joining the show here today. This is uh, I got a little uh, sound effect I'll I'll put in there as I as I go out. Uh, Megan von Bergen, Jordan Poss, Carter Stepper, Todd Pedler, Jay Eldred. Thank you guys. Uh, your insights were great. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing. Uh, what you thought about these bad songs, but also I, I took a lot of comfort in the good songs that you chose. And I, I can't wait to go back and listen to those uh, tonight. Even I think I'll do that. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I want to make a better effort at uh, encouraging people to go to iTunes, uh, leave reviews. I think I'll start reading those on the air. If you leave a review, you might get a little publicity uh, for if you want that even, I don't know, but, uh, uh, but also the Facebook page is like a lot of fun. That was the Genesis of this particular episode. Uh, and so uh, I really encourage you to go there and, and give us your thoughts on any particular episode. Uh, if you like what you hear, share us around your social media and, uh, and uh, try to get as many people involved in the conversation as possible. Uh, I also want to remind you, send me some predictions uh, for 2018. If you go to sectarianreviewpodcast.com, you'll find all the places to uh, to submit those to. So uh, submit your predictions. I'll read those hopefully in the next episode and, uh, and, uh, and we'll see where we are. Um, but as for then, I do wish everybody to have themselves a merry little Christmas uh, and enjoy uh, the, the season uh, all the all the way through the new year. So.